Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to part three of our series, What is Faith? And if you've not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do that. Uh, we'd love to have you with us every day and press the uh, ring the bell and get the notifications every time a new podcast comes out. You know, we do 20 of these every month. And there are those times when we have uh, a part of a week in one month and uh, the next month begins at the end of that week. Those are the months, uh, weeks rather, that I skip. Uh, but I will do 20 episodes of this podcast every single month. That would mean 240 a year. These are free. They don't cost you anything. And uh, you can get an email that I will send uh, on our website. You can register for it. Just go to myfaithroots.com. You'll see everything you need to see there about uh, getting it, plus all kinds of other things that are available to you there, and I would encourage you to take advantage of that. Well, Hebrews 11.6 is our text. Without faith, man cannot please God. For the man who draws near to God must believe that there is a God and that He will reveal Himself to those who sincerely look for Him or to those who earnestly try to find Him. King James says, to those who diligently seek Him. You know, the reason that a lot of people don't have faith is they're not very diligent. They have second-hand faith. They hear somebody else tell a story about faith, and they go, oh, I can do that. And, and so they, they have the right words down because they've copied someone else, but it's not their personal faith. Then when they get into a serious trial, it doesn't work for them because they didn't take the time to develop their own personal faith. It's copycat faith. And, uh, you know, you might get by with that on one or two minor battles, but when a big one comes along, it won't stand. That's why you need to have your own faith. If faith is required for a genuine relationship with God, then faith ought to be your single greatest pursuit. So how do we get it? Well, here's your answer. Romans ten seventeen. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now, there's an idea here I think will really help you uh, develop your thinking about this. And uh, it, it, uh, uh, it, it's this idea that words are like buckets, that they carry things. And uh, I'm going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's the narrative about David and Goliath. And it, this is before David actually gets to the battlefield. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, 4, a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. By, by the shortest measurement, he's at least nine feet tall. So he's very imposing. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. The weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. I mean, that's a lot of weight. I don't know the exact conversion right now, but I can tell you this, it's, it's heavier than what the average guy would want to wear around all day. He had bronze armor on his legs, bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. His iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel, and he said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and you, the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us." And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard the words of this Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. 
Words are like buckets. They carry faith or they carry fear and doubt. In this instance, those words were carrying fear and doubt, and it worked. The men of Israel were hiding in bushes and behind rocks, and they did not want to face Goliath. And Goliath and the devil knew that there was a ceiling over the people of Israel. And here's what I mean by that. Saul was the ceiling there because he was in defiance of God and he had quit following God and he no longer followed the instructions that God gave him through the prophet Samuel who had brought him to the throne of Israel in the first place. Once he got this power, he blew Samuel off and did whatever he wanted to do. And so he was now out of fellowship with God. He could not hear God's voice. He refused to listen to God's voice. And so he has no choice but to fall into fear because the only force that will keep you from the spirit of fear is the power of the Word of God. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1.7, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, God has given us something to change our minds, to fix our minds, and that is His Word. His Word changes how we think. Now, God had a situation prescribed already. There was a place in God's Word already that if they had just followed they would have been able to counteract the words of Goliath. And listen to this. It's Deuteronomy chapter 20. I studied my Bible for 40, 50 years and never saw this. When you go out to battle against your enemies, Deuteronomy 20 and verse 1, and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you. And in this instance, it wasn't that the Philistines were more numerous. It was that Goliath was just bigger than anybody on the side of the Israelis. He says, do not be afraid of them for the Lord your God is with you who brought you up from the land of Egypt. And all of what the Israelites experienced in getting out of Egypt was much tougher than this battle with the Philistines. He goes on to say, so it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. And he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you're on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. Do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Wow. One priest is all it took. One priest walking up and down the lines so that everybody in the Israeli army could hear these words was enough to counter all of the negative thoughts, the doubts, the unbelief, and the fears that had grown in their hearts by listening to the words of someone like Goliath. This is how God prescribed the, the overcoming of fear. But there's a problem. Samuel has, or not Samuel, Saul has completely destroyed his relationship with the prophet Samuel. 
And Samuel is not only a prophet, but he's a priest. And so uh, there's no priest who can fulfill this. In fact, uh, Samuel quit tracking with Saul because he said, if, if Saul hears that I've anointed David king over Israel, the next king, he'll kill me. So he knew that his life was at risk, that this man who had gone mad as king had, had uh, the capability of killing the very person who had poured the anointing oil on his head and called him to be a king over Israel. And you know, Saul started out good, but he changed over time. And so uh, this, is, this is, is, is what happens when people quit listening to God. And that's exactly what Saul did. He quit listening to God. He, he knew better than God. He figured his own thoughts were better than God's thoughts, and he did his own thing. And it got him in trouble. Now, here's the idea that I want to get across to you right now, and it's this, that you don't have to be a military leader to have the blessing of God on you to lead the battle. If you're in Israel, listen to this. This is 1 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 7. Now, when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel, and when the children of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. So the children of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. In other words, they obviously knew something about this prayer in Deuteronomy chapter 20, and they're telling Samuel, Don't quit using that. Don't quit praying that. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. Now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. Now there's a chance, Scripture doesn't say it, but uh, the Bible says the Lord answered him. And there's a chance that God sent fire by heaven on this one. And I, I believe that happened on more than one occasion in Scriptures, and sometimes it's not spoken, it's just inferred. Uh, but regardless, God answered. Now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord thundered with a loud thunder on the Philistines that day, and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and drove them back as far as below beth Car. So uh, this is an amazing thing here. Um, the, the Philistines were subdued, verse 13. They did not come anymore into the territory of Israel during Samuel's time until Saul became king. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. So you see right here, the spiritual qualification was more important than the military qualification. And so it was the spiritual relationship that gave Israel victory, not the military prowess of a king. You see, David was that rare figure who had both. He was an excellent warrior. He understood how to fight. Um, he was an excellent leader. His, his fighting skill was contagious. It, 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 it reproduced in some amazing mighty men who followed David. But you see, David also, and first and foremost, was a worshiper of God, and he had a relationship with God. So you see here that God 
gives people victories on the basis of faith. And where does it come from? It comes by the Word of God. And right here, he tells Israel, this is how you defeat your enemy, and this is how you overcome fear when fear is gripping you in an amazing way. You have one priest stand up and say these words. That's how much confidence God has in his book. Now, If all you ever do is listen to words of fear, failure, and defeat, you won't have faith. I can tell you this. You can also listen to things that are not necessarily evil. They're just not faith-building. And it isn't that it's a sin to listen to those things. It's just that if you want great faith, you have got to feed yourself a steady diet of faith-building words. Faith comes through the hearing of God's Word. can't say it enough. Listen to Hebrews chapter 1 and verses 1, 2, and 3. This is the New King James. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son. And even though you are not there physically to hear Jesus, and can I tell you this, that's so way overrated. I used to think, oh, I wish I could see Jesus, God. I wish I could go back and hear Him preach. And the Lord answered me. He helped me to think this through the right way. And He said, you know what? Your turn in line would take 500 years. If I did that, can you imagine how many people would want to see Jesus and want to spend some physical time with Jesus to hear Him speak physically and to have a personal conversation with Him? There are a billion Christ followers on planet Earth right now. How long would it take Jesus in one earthly body to have meaningful communication with those people? Do you realize that every time God moves His kingdom forward, He did with Jesus dying on the cross, then rising from the dead, His program always improves. It gets better because now I don't have a physical Jesus with me. I have Jesus in me by the Spirit. And I can communicate with Him and He with me and He can communicate with a billion other people at the same time and not lose anything. He remembers every prayer. He is not confined to the limitations of one human body. This is so much better, but people don't see it that way because we're so moved by what we see. The Bible says He has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person. Now pay attention to this. And upholding all things by the word of His power. Most people don't get that. Most people read that and it it doesn't mean anything to them. Here's what it means. It means that God has chosen to put all of His power into His Word. It doesn't talk about the power of God's Word. It calls it the Word of His power. It means this, that all of His power is vested in His Word. The Holy Spirit acts when that Word is spoken. And that's what you see in the creation week in Genesis 1. 
Nothing happened until God spoke. When God spoke, the worlds were created. That's how He made everything. A Holy Spirit stepped in and moved, but only after the Word was spoken because the Spirit has agreed to always honor the Word of God. And if you want the Holy Spirit to move in your life and to bless you and bring fruit into your life, then you honor and speak and decree the Word of God. That's where the power is. He upholds all things by the Word of His power. And so that's where the Word is. And when you see... Throughout the scriptures, we've seen it in several places already, and we're only in lesson three, how much value God places on His Word. In fact, there's one place in the Psalms where it says He magnifies His Word above His name. Think about that one for a minute. You know, if your Word is no good, your name is no good. So in order for your name to be good, your Word has to be good. That's why God honors His Word and he values his word above his name. Well, this is all the time we have today, but we're going to pick up here again tomorrow and keep talking about this. Listen to me. You're going to have great faith. You stick with me through this entire series of 20 lessons, What is Faith? You're going to be blown away at how much stronger your faith is at the end of this. If you haven't already, go to MyFaithRoots.com and sign up for that free email uh, a blessing, that devotional that comes every day. That'll help you. And be sure to like this and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That'll help me out greatly. Thank you very much. I'll see you tomorrow.